Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. And welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, July 31st, 2014. Alan and Donna Smith here as your host for Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. And we are live at this time broadcasting right here in Citrus County, Florida, about 90 miles north of Tampa. And we appreciate you tuning in this evening and sharing some of your time with us as we focus this evening on a very serious topic, as I would like to hear your thoughts, ideas, concerns, solutions on the issue of professional truck drivers carrying a firearm in the truck with them for personal protection. And, you know, this concern has only been highlighted most recently due to the Michael Bagler case, the truck driver who uh, lost his life about four weeks ago in Detroit, Michigan. And stories like these get truckers talking about their right to carry as they operate in intrastate or interstate commerce transportation. And we all know the Second Amendment. We understand the Peaceable Journey Act and the Firearm Owners Protection Act, or FOPA, all which in some part or other allows the legal carrying and or transportation of a firearm. And as truck drivers, we also know that there is no federal law prohibiting truckers from legally carrying a firearm within the uh, commercial motor vehicle as long as they abide by the aforementioned acts. But that's a key word, legally, and even with legally, problems can still arise. Not all states recognize another individual state permit. New Jersey, for example, does not recognize a CCW issued from the state of Florida, and uh, it varies from state to state even more, as, for example, only 18 states will recognize a permit from the state of Illinois. These, as we all know, are known as reciprocity laws. Now, um, Donna, what what are you hearing? What are you hearing or seeing on on the social media sites when the, when it's coming to this issue? Well, I'll tell you what. To be honest, from what I read, the these guys they would the ones who believe strongly in carrying a a, a gun on the truck for protection, uh, they don't. They try to abide by the. Um, the laws between the states. However, I think their number one priority is just to be alive and to be able to protect themselves. So, in other words, if they're not sure of the state they're going through, I don't think they stop and go look up on the um, on the guide to see, okay, what kind of state is this? I think they do the best they can just to, you know, uh, keep it concealed, maybe take the ammunition out and lock it up, do something like that. 
However, I, I don't think they're – it's not that they don't want to abide by the laws. It just seems like, look, this is what I'm going to do, and and I'm going to do it because I'm not going to risk my life. So, uh, I mean, that's just what so far what I've seen. And then you've got people who, you know, totally – say, no, I don't need a gun, you know, I've got all kinds of other things. So, uh, But as far as these laws go, I think they're doing it anyway. I mean, I don't know about states like New York and, and um, Illinois. I think Illinois just recently, um, you know, is part of the the group <laughs> that, you know, you can go in with a, with a gun, but they got all kinds of restrictions and everything going on up there. So, I, you know, I don't know. You'd have to ask them, actually. That'd be a good question for tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a lot to it. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, will say, well, you know, there's no federal law, the Second Amendment, but there's just so so much to this. I find this just an interesting topic to discuss, and I'm certainly no expert or attorney on it, but just an interesting topic, and there's so many things to uh, take into consideration. Here's a here's a gun owner with a CCW out of the state of Kentucky via YouTube under Nextel Hale discussing some things that concealed weapons permit holders should consider when uh, planning to travel out of state with a uh, concealed weapon, as laws governing concealed weapons vary from state to state, as do the laws governing the use of uh, deadly force. If you have a concealed carry permit, um, there's some things that you need to consider when you're going to another state, and um, one of the things that you need to consider is the laws in that state. First of all, does that state have a reciprocity agreement? Just because you can carry a firearm concealed in uh, your state because you have a permit to do so does not mean that when you go to another state that you can also carry one there. You have to make sure they have a reciprocity agreement um, and find out if a reciprocity agreement exists between your state and the state you're traveling to. But that's not the only thing that you need to consider. There's other things to consider as well. The, the laws governing where you can uh, carry your firearm and how you can carry your firearm uh, in your vehicle. And the laws can differ from state to state to state. So just because you know the laws of where you can carry in your state doesn't mean that that's going to be valid information when you travel to another state. Also, well, let me give you an example of that. One example is when you're pulled over by a police officer in Ohio, you are legally obligated to inform them if you have a concealed firearm on you. Um, if you don't do that, that is a criminal offense. Uh, where, uh, as of last time I checked, that wasn't the case in Kentucky. So that's an important bit of information to have. Also, um, one thing that you would want to consider is where are you going? Uh, when you travel, where the places that you're actually going, do they allow the carrying of firearms? If not, you may have to keep the firearm in your car. Uh, is it even legal to have it in the parking lot of where you're going? Also, the use of deadly force laws differ from state to state. Just because you're just justified in certain situations in your state to use a firearm, uh, which is considered a, an object of deadly force, uh, just, just because you're justified in that situation in your state doesn't mean you're justified in the state you're going to. For example, in Kentucky, they have a stand-your-ground rule where if you are uh, confronted, 
you can stand your ground and if you are so justified you can use deadly force to protect yourself whereas in Ohio it's not like that you have an obligation to retreat so if you have a way to retreat from the situation safely um, you are legally obligated to do that before you use deadly force and that is an important distinction that can keep you out of a lot of trouble uh, legally um, and you need to know that before you travel to another state if you plan on carrying your firearm so now the the severity of problems one could face could range from just a little slap on the wrist to firearm confiscation or even arrest I mean who knows Donna brought up the state of New York in the state of New York for example travelers are advised to use extreme caution when passing through the state as the state's general approach is to uh, make the possession of handguns illegal and then to help you out when you're facing the judge in court they provide exceptions that one can raise to the judge known as affirmative defenses to the prosecution and now this information is listed in the New York Penal Codes 265.20 paragraphs 12 and 13 so regardless of the Second Amendment regardless of the Peaceful Journey Act and the FOPA regardless that there is no federal law that prohibits it city county state and laws governing jurisdictions can cause problems for those legally carrying a firearm for their own protection and there's other factors to consider as well the code of federal regulations title 49 sections 1572.103 firearms are mentioned under this section disqualifying criminal offenses and under this section truck drivers can lose their CDL for life if they're found to be in violation of what is known as interim disqualifying offenses and according to this regulation truckers can be disqualified from ever having a CDL license if they're found to be in unlawful possession of a firearm or other weapons now of course we're talking about those without a state permit but not all truckers out there have a legally issued carry permit this regulation could cause you to lose your CDL for life if caught or do you even worry about that happening I would imagine that many believe that protecting their own life is more important to worry about so we could talk all night on this subject I know you know yes problems can occur even if you have a state permit but the biggest obstacle for many truckers when it comes to carrying firearm protection in the truck has to do with the rules and policies established by your employer the carrier and uh, you know are they violating your Second Amendment I personally don't think so you can either accept employment and their no carry policy or go find another job is a freedom of choice and uh, the, the uh, oh you know Donna the small business and transportation coalition led by uh, chairman James lamb has launched a petition on is it change.org yes change.org calling for Congress and the president of the United States to pass enabling legislation directing ATF to develop a federal firearms business carry permit that enables citizens engaged in interstate commerce to carry concealed weapons through every state and that petition is standing on the 14th amendment which guarantees all American citizens equal protection under the law now again this is nothing new on February 18 2011 a bill was introduced to Congress it was bill HR 822 national right to carry reciprocity act of 2011 
The bill was passed by the House on November 16, 2011, but was never passed by the Senate. A second bill, H.R. 3543, under the same name, was introduced to Congress on December 1, 2011, in a previous session, but was never enacted. So both bills ultimately died. Yeah, and one of those bills was from our own Cliff Stearns down, uh, down here in Florida, who um, he was here a long time. Actually, you know, I was surprised when he didn't make it in in 2012, uh, but I think that was when they changed our districts down here, and he lost, like, just a few hundred votes. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that was, uh, what, which one was that? That was, that was eight. probably H.R. 822, the first yes. one, right? Yes, that's the one, yeah, he, I believe that's that came the one from he Florida. did. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing new. It's been brought up. Um, I, 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 you know, I, a recent comment, I've been following um, the post we had on LinkedIn about the show tonight. And I'm just going to read this. Um, I thought it was great that John Gambrell, uh, a consultation for the FMCSA safety compliance, trans specialist certified in Homeland Security, and MAP-21 audit experience. So, you know, I'm really glad that he commented on the po- on your post on LinkedIn. And, I, you know, this is something you've kind of already said, but I'm just going to read. It, it comes from, you know, a gentleman who has a lot of experience in this field. And it says, There is no Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration federal law, rule, or regulation concerning commercial truck drivers and firearms. If you have the proper permits and license or slash license and can legally carry in the state you are driving in or that state allows the carrying of firearms without a permit, you are legal. And that's a, a key thing, that thing allows without a permit because some states, I mean, there's a whole big thing about, you know, the rules of every state. I mean, you, you'd really have to get a... a take a course in this to to really understand all the different rules of the states. It says, um, the U.S. Department of Transportation states carrying firearms in commercial vehicles. The answer is, carrying concealed weapons is a matter of state law. So that's the the U.S. DOT's answer to carrying in your truck. Now, he does go and say, and it's exactly what you said, Alan, um, a company can have a rule that states you cannot carry in their vehicles, but that's just a company rule, and all they can do um, is fire you, but you're not breaking any law by, you know, carrying it, it just because your company says it, which, you know, it's, it's just common sense to that. It, it kind of reminds me of um, when sleep apnea was a, an issue, and uh, the companies, there was no rule uh, in the FMCSA about sleep apnea. However, you know, certain companies required it. And uh, we get all kinds of phone calls or emails or, you know, whatever, talking about, well, can they legally do that? And I remember you saying they can do whatever they want. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to work for them if you don't like it. And uh, right. so it, it's kind of like that. But this is really... Um, it really is complicated, and, and just to, to get into the petition, because I know a lot of people are very interested um, in the petition. Yeah, I was going to get into that right after yeah, the break. Yeah, go, go ahead, because um, I'm just kind of 
reading it now again, but you know, there's so much to absorb here. Yeah, and he's got quite a few signatures. But our our topic this evening is, is is a serious one and one that raises pro and con heated arguments from all sides. Now, we don't want to know if you carry or don't carry. That's nobody's business. But what but what are your thoughts on this issue? For truckers to have the right to carry in all states with no possibilities of lawful repercussions, is it a good idea? Uh, would it cause more fatal incidents due to hot-headed uh, arguments and truck stops in other areas? That's another thing I've heard. Or is that just something we would have to accept in regards to the law-abiding citizen trucker who just wants to, to uh, who just wants legal protection, you know, available so they don't become another statistic as they face increased crime while living life on the road? Our call-in number, if you'd like to join us, three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero. Our show this evening, OTR Trucking and the right to carry, and we will carry on coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Hey, ready, Porter? Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. Want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheetCentral. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. 
Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Our show this evening, OTR Trucking and the Right to Carry. And you know, Donna, we hear that a lot about, well, you know, the carrier has the rules and policies. Yeah. And then people will come back and say, well, they're violating your Second Amendment right. Well, I don't think they are because you have the freedom of choice. Other other aspects to that is, I mean, there's a lot of situations out there. Uh, take, for instance, those drivers with TWIC cars who go in and out of the ports. Uh, and, and even per- other property, you know, they can have the right to pull up to many property and they have signs, you know, firearm not allowed on property. Now, you know, you're not going to, you know, get arrested or confiscate or anything they'll just tell you to turn around you can't come on the property now a port on the other hand um, same thing could happen they could just tell you to leave and you can't go you know you can't come in but you might be detained for a while while the deputy sheriffs do their investigations and all that good stuff so there's all kind of issues out there to uh you know that can that you just need to be aware of and everything well, i think i think people are, are are mostly just like you said priority in a lot of people's mind, is their life. And even though a lot of people just want to be lawful citizens, when you're put in a, in a position where, let's say, you deliver to a lot of really um, dangerous areas, um, they just feel comfortable carrying, and they're going to take the chance. I just, I just saw this. Um, there's so much information on this subject. But, you know, states are, are divided into shall use, may use, um, unrestricted, um, you know, they're, they're just all kinds of different things. I just saw this, and I don't know if you have it in your yeah, notes, you're, Alan. You talk about recognizing the permit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and here's, look, Alaska, these are people who absolutely, you know, uh, residents carry a concealed fire, firearm Without a permit, these states also allow open carry, and they are um, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Vermont, and Wyoming. Now, I thought Oklahoma was in on that. Let me let me look at this list. I've got this like list in front of me. They are a shall issue state. So yeah, Oklahoma shall issue to residents only. Okay, so these other people yeah. that I just mentioned. That they're, they're just, um, let's see. And there's quite a few states that are sh- shall issue to residents only. I mean, my home state, for example, uh, Oklahoma, um, my, if an Oklahoma permit is not recognized in, let me see if I can count them here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, looks like 12 or 13 states. So, um, I mean, and, of course, California is one of them. Let's see, it's uh, California, Connecticut, uh, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, New York City, Oregon, Rhode Island, Wisconsin, District of Columbia. Those are the states, and then they have other outside-lying islands. So, well, let me just go even here to Florida. Uh, I've got to refresh it here. Um, like I said, even on Florida, uh, then it wants to know if you're a resident or non-resident, so let me just say resident. Uh, so, And it's about the same thing. Uh, Florida permit is not recognized in uh, California, Connecticut, 
Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, New York City, Oregon, Rhode Island, Washington, and Wisconsin, and District of Columbia. So these are the reciprocity laws that, you know, that can, you know, get people in trouble from time to time. Well, Robin just said um, in the the, um, chat room, well, I'm all about carrying a gun, but I'm afraid of these hotheads that lose their temper. But, you know, what... I don't think what people understand is with this petition that's going on, it's not saying, yeah, let's just throw, you know, hand out guns to all CDL holders. It's talking about people who have already gone through the, uh, what do you call it, done everything they were supposed to to get their permit anyway. The, back, and, the background check and, and all, all that, that. Yeah. and that now instead of having to, you know, look at all these different states and what do I do here, how do I do this, but it's it's just so that they don't have to do all that. So I, I think some people were getting the idea that this is going to be like some kind of free for all, where now they hand when you get your CDL they hand you a gun and your license. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And no. it, and I would think. If it was to become federal, in actuality, I would think it would even be more difficult to to get it, um, just for that reason. But you know, I I had some notes here. Um, I'm going to let you go on because I have to find these notes. They're so good. All right. Well, you know, it's going to be tough because they've already tried two bills, and um, and it, it's it's such a uh, Scary, you know, topic for so many people in the country and everything. Let's go to, uh, let's take a caller from Texas, area code 210. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, guys? This is Jess. Sorry I didn't call in earlier. Yeah, oh, where you right. been? We're, we're, we're just <laughs> blabbing away. Yeah, I didn't know, uh, I don't know where Debbie's at. I think she's in Oklahoma right now, but I'm not sure if she's uh Sleeping or getting a shower or what she's doing, but I know she wanted to call in tonight too. So I know she did. She sent out. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I love those little mobile alerts. Um, I mean, it, we got quite a few people. Are you on the mobile alert, or did I send you a, a private message? You sent me a private message. I think you sent one to Debbie too. I don't uh, do do uh, mobile. Yeah, alerts. because I don't think you guys are on the mobile alerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't. I just choose not to do them. I mean, but then again, uh, admittedly, sometimes it does slip my mind that you guys have a show on those days too. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is a good topic of discussion. It's like it's obviously something that uh, groups like OYGA don't seem to have any interest in trying to do anything about. But then, uh, like that one person in the chat room was talking about, yeah, I would be concerned about a uh, a hothead having a gun. But then again, um, I mean, of course, you and you and uh, Alan, actually myself and Alan and Don know of a few people in particular that probably shouldn't have a gun, but then uh, I'm not going to mention any names on that one. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, like you said, I think they do need to have the, uh, the psychological exam and uh, use the other, whatever else you the background check. I mean, I've got a concealed carry permit for Texas already, so uh, I think about the fact that uh, I would like to have something that would uh, allow me to uh, be able to carry nationwide. That way, if anything does happen now, I've got a way to defend myself. Because after all, I would rather be, uh, you know, judged by twelve than carried by six, if you know what I mean. That a lot of people, and that's the phrase 
that so many people say, and, and that's what I was saying. People have to make a decision. They want to be lawful. They don't want to, you know, do anything unlawful. However, when they have to think about it, it's like, well, what do you choose? Your life or being lawful? And a lot of people, like yourself, you know, I mean, they just, just want to stay alive. Yeah, and we are talking about, you know, the majority of, you know, law-abiding citizens. You know, yeah, there's hotheads, there's criminals. That's going to be a part of life and everything. But what about, you know, people like Jeff and Deb and everybody out there, the the law-abiding citizens that has a permit from the state? Uh, I think it's kind of silly that all these individual state laws and jurisdictions and everything won't, like, you know, won't recognize, you know, there's states that won't recognize your, your Texas permit, Jeff. Well, that's exactly it. I think if we had uh, some kind of a nationwide uniform permit, I think it would make it a little bit easier. That way, wherever you go, you're always in compliance with uh, the laws and stuff. That way, if you uh, are going through, like, say, for example, a DOT inspection and they just happen to uh, spot a gun in your truck, and if you uh, discover that you got the permit for it, you're good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Of course, uh, that would also put the officer at ease when you realize that you are legally uh, carrying that weapon that you've already uh been uh, vetted and everything to where you can legally have and you're a stable person because I know police officers as you already know they put their own lives on the line every day and if uh, somebody's got a gun in the vehicle um, and they're not supposed to have it yeah that officer might be in a, a potentially bad situation if uh, the person's of unstable mind just like that one jackass up in Connecticut that shot up all those kids at that school about the, uh, in Sandy Hook about a year ago or however long ago that was yeah yeah, you know, but then again, you know that you know that was an assault weapon and you know a, a crazy and everything. But law-abiding citizens, you know, truckers, many truckers out there have already gone through the FBI check. You know, I'm one of them. And um, but you know, if I have a Florida permit, you know, there's uh, about 13 or 14 states that I can't go through, even though I have uh, passed the FBI check and everything else in between. I think I think uh, the 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 petition on change.org, Donna, the, the, for a, a national carry, business carry, I think it's a good idea. Oh, I, I do too. And actually... Um, uh, and a lot of people were for it. Yeah. And if anybody hasn't signed it yet, um, Alan put a banner up yesterday, I think it was yesterday, where you could actually just click on the banner and it'll take you to the petition. So you just go to... Um, com. click on Trucking News, and it'll be right on the side of the page. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't signed that petition and you do feel that, A, you have the right, and B, you'd like to see the law changed where uh, federal people within uh, business, in, uh, CDL drivers, can go through all 48 states, so... Yeah, so it's just another thing that's, you know, going out there. Again, you know, I don't know. There's already been two two bills gone through Congress, but, you know, shot down by the Senate. So, you know, we're a, we're a you know, Jeff, we're, we're a gun-weary nation, you know, and I think that's playing a, a big part on, you know, the issue that we're discussing tonight, too, which is understandable. But, again, you know, I'm largely, you know, speaking about, you know, law-abiding citizens in the first place. <clears throat> well, exactly I tell you, Je- did you know that? Let me. I'm going to throw some stats out here that I have. Uh, according to Attorney Frank Asfoe, 
uh, when a Florida adopt that's our state here, adopted a concealed carry law, uh, its homicide rate dropped from 11.4 to 8.7. Uh, and and we're talking uh, uh, you know percent here, and I, mm-hmm. that's significant. And that goes with the idea that if if people know that someone could possibly have a gun, they they might be a little leery to either break in your home or you know attack you, especially if this law passed. Let's say it did pass. Um, people who target Drivers, I think that would significantly decrease with just knowing that, okay, they're allowed to carry all 48 now. So, you know, we better be careful. And that's the thing we just read. I don't even know where we just read it because we've got so many things all over. But we were just talking about it before, uh, before the show. I think it was another comment on LinkedIn where this gentleman uh, never carried. But then he he came across a few instances of almost being robbed, so he decided, okay, that's enough now, you know. So he carried uh, he carried his grandfather's gun with him, and lo and behold, you know, he was uh, I guess uh, addressed by some uh, uh, drug addicts, and he, he just took his gun out, and they just took off. So there's a case you don't have to do anything. A good deterrent. Yeah, it's just a deterrent. And uh, I think, and here's another thing. Boy, there was a hot discussion on LinkedIn, and there was uh, a gentleman there very adamant that, you know, drivers should not have guns. They're not trained. Truck drivers are trained to deliver freight was pretty much what it said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just monkeys. That was a very stupid comment. I mean, I don't know what kind of nut job would ever pull something like that, but you got another... A lot of truck drivers actually, in their time off, they like to hunt. And uh, like myself, I like to spend time at the shooting range and things of that nature. I mean, what the hell? I don't know where that person yeah. is coming from. Evidently, he does. Yeah, he's probably one of those idiots who sees us as a uh, some form of a subhuman species. I have no use for people like that. Yeah. Did you read the note on on our page? It, it was titled "Are Professional Drivers Smart Enough to Carry a Gun?" I mean, the comment was. You know, I'm I'm not going to read it. it. It was just so derogatory, you know, and so demeaning. Uh, but it was pretty much that only smart people should carry guns, and uh, I don't know. It was just yeah, crazy. And, and he, he's he's just an example of the idiots out there, and probably an idiot himself who doesn't need a gun. So <laughs> that's exactly it. I wouldn't want for people like that to have a gun either, especially if they have such a irrational way of thinking about things. And the, and here's the thing. If, if there was a law tomorrow that said there is no more guns allowed, do you know what would happen? I mean, I predict the crime rate would go sky high. And, uh, you know, the, because let's face it, you know, the bad guys are going to keep their guns because they don't have them legally anyway. So well, that's the what thing. would look it at, prove? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, look at places like... Uh, Chicago, uh, for example, how much crime there is up there, and also uh, yeah, New York City, Don, and maybe you can verify whether or not it is uh, legal to carry in New York City. I don't even know if it is or not. Are, are guns still prohibited there? No, no uh-uh, not no. New York City, boy. That's like a... No, it's not. 
You don't want to okay. even look at a gun going in New York City. Uh, the way I think who's who is it up there now? Uh, Como. I don't know which generation no. Como no. is. Yeah, New New York City. I was talking about that earlier. Uh, very 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 strict. I mean, they can they consider the possession of a handgun in New York City illegal. And here's the deal, Illinois, the last one to jump on board with this. Uh, because it was voted unconstitutional um, with the Supreme Court, I believe. I mean, uh, they have the highest um, murder rate. I mean, does anybody know anything about that? If anybody's listening and, you know, you say, oh, no, that's not true. But I'm pretty sure I just read that somewhere. I know John held that title for a long time. I don't know if it's still uh, valid or not, but I know for a long time Chicago was considered the murder capital of the the uh, okay. States well, then it probably. Well, then it probably you know it probably is what I read then, and and here they have like the strictest laws up there, along with New York City. Now I don't know where New York falls in line with murders or anything like that. I haven't read anything, Alan. Have you read anything about no, you know, New York murders and all this? But there, um, there, there's a big. My understanding, if if it's still correct. Um, there's a conflict between, uh, you know, like the New York City area, that area, and north, northern New York. I oh, mean, yeah, upstate New York. Yeah, upstate New York. I mean, they're all for it. Oh, absolutely. You know, so. you know they're totally different pre- uh, breed of people in upstate New York. They, they, I, I'm a New are. Yorker. Yeah, I'm a New Yorker, and I know that. Um, that I, 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 lived, I went and lived for a year to go to sc- away to school for a year. And I could not believe I was even in the same country. You know, I mean, they just acted totally different. And, and now I realize that they just have totally different philosophies, a much more uh, conservative way of life up there, um, not, they not do. as liberal. Yeah. They do. I well, mean, you know, you can take uh, it a step further. To, you can take it a step further, too. I mean, you know, yeah, the, you know, having protection, you know, a deterrent, law-abiding citizens, but it makes you wonder about, you know, what about the cases like Jason Rivenberg, Michael Bagler? I mean, uh, I mean, who's to say what could have happened? You know that, you know, who knows now? But uh, I mean, this, these are the type of situations I'm more, you know, concerned and interested in. You know, the 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 availability of protection for the driver, you know, against you know something like that. You know, Donna. So. Well, absolutely. And, you know, all this is kind of like tied in together. And um, I know we're talking about, you know, guns and, you know, the, the petition and the right to carry and all like that. But it, you just brought up Jason and uh, Rivenberg and uh, Michael Beglin. And their thing was the truck parking. Okay. And that in itself, that was on that show that if if the shippers and receivers would allow more people to park in their yards, that would create a safer environment. Plus, it would help alleviate the problem of um, of truck parking, the shortage in truck parking. So, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that who could actually um, help in this, and that's actually part of my announcement I was going to talk about later on tonight on. Uh, how we can actually join this uh, coalition uh, to to raise awareness for shippers, receivers, the parking, 
the truck parking shortage, DOT waking drivers up, and all like this. And it's all kind of tied together, um, working together for uh, respect and, and care of each other's lives. So uh, that was a good point you, you did bring up. But who knows if that would have helped either of them. We don't know. They're, they're well, not here to, to answer that. Now. Unfortunately, it's all past tense now. But, uh, yes. you know, it's like I would tell any driver, even if you are armed, probably one of the best things you can do is uh, just uh, be careful of where you park, for example, at, uh, to where you don't park in a high-crime area, like, say, for instance, uh, any of the truck stops on Interstate 20 in the Dallas area or over in West Memphis, Arkansas, where uh, there's a lot of crime out there, too, and everything. You just have to be very careful where you park and uh, everything else. I mean, because it's one of those things where whenever you go to certain places, you're, you're just literally uh, asking for trouble anymore. And, uh, you know, if you have a gun, it's one thing, but your best line of defense to avoid even having to uh, make it an issue is to be careful of uh, where you park at, like myself. I have a personal policy that unless I can park at a customer in a secure facility, I will not park in an urban area anymore. Well, you know, and, you know, there's other, there's just so much to this issue. I was just sitting here reading um, uh, Robin in the chat room is pointing out, um, let's see, uh, she's read that Wasprey is an excellent weapon. Shoots up to 20 feet, and it will not automatically come out until you get attention from a doctor, and it's legal. But that's not necessarily true, and there's a lot of misconceptions about things like this. Wasprey, there are a lot of jurisdictions that specifically prohibit the use of any uh, self-defense sprays other than pepper spray. And that is because uh, things like, uh, oh, is that your phone? Yeah. Uh, things such as Wasprey contains insecticide. And it also is one of those sprays that can include a warning that says it is a violation of federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. So I've heard the thing about uh, Wasprey before, too. But uh, it, it's, it's not necessarily true. There are many jurisdictions and many states that prohibit the use of Wasprey for self-defense. Have you heard well, that, Jeff? I have never heard that, but, I mean, you bring up a good point about the labeling on that, uh, about the uh, using for something other than intended use, which uh, actually in a legal form can be used against somebody who actually used it to defend themselves. And, uh, and one thing I want to bring up, too, uh, as far as the uh, pepper spray and mace, which I do carry, uh, it's not legal in Canada. So, I mean, as a matter of fact, last time I went to Canada, I had to get mine up at the border before I was able to go deliver my load. Oh, man, Canada's a whole other story, man. They are <laughs> they are really well, strict, uh, not just on firearms, but, you know, all kinds of weapons. And we haven't even got, well, uh, we haven't even gotten into touching, uh, you know, knives and the size of blades right here in the United States because, uh, you know, a certain certain length of a knife can be considered a deadly weapon and there's uh there's there's laws against uh you know deadly weapons for deadly force so just all kinds of stuff that that you know goes along with this topic yeah i don't want to give ken any ideas i just hope they don't try to make a tire thump as illegal i've actually uh just had to use one of those on somebody one time when uh there was an issue out here on the road so i mean it's uh you know of course, if uh, you, you go running after somebody with one of those, uh, chances are if they have any sense about it, they're going to track it the hell away from you. 
Yeah, well, you know, I guess it all boils down to just, you know, it's an individual choice, you know, and and uh, I can relate to a lot of these drivers who said, well, you know, they've, they've never had any problems. I mean, I, <clears throat> I ran OTR for 29 years, and I can only count uh, – Two two times, maybe three times that I remember that I was in a in a pretty serious situation. But the reason it was so small is because I just didn't put I didn't put myself in situations. But times uh, times have definitely changed on us since I was out there. It's gotten you know more criminal, more violent, and um, you know I, I, again I guess it just boils down to individual choice. Well, well that's we, what we it do does. We do have a bad element of people that are finding their way in the industry, and also, uh, you know, they're finding their way into the oil field work, too, because if you ever go see a rise in uh, crime out there in North Dakota where they have a lot of oil field work going on, it's uh, got way out of control out there. And those people who live in North Dakota have never seen crime like that before. Well, you know, that's the same thing that happened to me out in uh, Elk City, Oklahoma, during the uh, the, the oil boom in the 70s and 80s, you know, Elk Elk, that little tiny town, Elk City, Oklahoma, sits on I-40 in western Oklahoma, became the uh, oil drilling capital of the world. And we, Elk City went from uh, a population of, I think, like 3,000, 3,300 people, you know, 3,300 people, something like that, just a small town. It went from a population of about 3,000 people to like 20, 25,000 people because people from all over the country was coming there to get their money on the on the uh, the oil boom and you know the crime the cr- crime basically went from zero to just skyrocketed so I hadn't read anything about North Dakota but that makes sense because we experienced the same thing. Matter of fact, Debbie can probably give uh, more uh, evidence of that because she's actually had to haul uh, fracks in with the oil field up there too, just like she's been. Uh, doing in uh, different parts of the country here recently i mean but uh yeah north yeah of course even people in fargo which is the opposite end of the opposite side of the state from uh from williston to talk about the increase in crime because of the people passing through going to and from the oil field and yeah it's created issues for people in fargo as well too people in fargo are not happy about the oil field work that's going on in their state even though it has benefited their economy there's a lot of unintended consequences that have taken place to the uh helping the people that are going out there. It, it, Florida in general is a transient state, and uh, I had I realized that when we first came down um, down here. And a lot of people just kind of will make Florida an interim stop from wherever else they're going. And I don't know why that is, but but it certainly is. Now, I don't know if that's the case now because that's going back – 20-something years ago, but I'm assuming that is still the case down here. Um, we happen to live in an area um, of very low crime, but we also live in a very conservative red area, and I would say most people have a gun in their home where we live. Um, I don't know I don't know anybody who doesn't, but that's just, I'm sure there aren't. There are people who don't have one, but I don't know them. Yeah, but a home's a big different from a from a, a driver out on the road in their truck. So oh, I know. Exactly. Oh, I, I know, I know. But uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I guess it just all boils down to uh, uh, 
uh, an individual choice, like I said. So. Well, I have this stat. You know, you know me. I love, I love to read statistics. And uh, here's another one from an economist, John Lott, okay? And he studied FBI crime statistics from 1977 to 1993. And in his book, uh, which uh, he wrote in 1998, it's called More Guns, Less Crime. And Lott said that the passage of concealed carry laws resulted in a murder decrease of 8.5%. That, that's pretty significant. The rape rate decrease was 5%, and aggravated assault reduction was 7%. Uh, let's see. He also says in his analysis of the crime report showed a statistically significant effect on concealed carry, uh, open carrier. I can't, it's one of those things where your printer just kind of left me here dangling, and I'm reading it off of that. But anyway, the bottom line is that it does deter the bad guys, and we, we happen to have a lot of them in this country. Well, there's a lot of statistics that point to that, but I think uh, my personal opinion is that uh, you know, the gun-weary nation that we are, the administration that's in there now, uh, they just don't even want to hear the word firearm. Well, and, they're trying to get rid of um, all, but I, I think there's there's too much strength. Uh, I don't think that's really going to well, happen. There, there's too much strength in the Second Amendment. That's not going to happen. But, you know, trying to get it through Congress, uh, trying to get it through the Senate and, you know, and into the, you know, to the House to sign... Uh, Oh, it, it, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I would just think that, I, you know, the way it stands right now, I guess you just, you know, legally get your permit and just be aware of the individual state laws that you travel through, Jeff, which I'm sure, you know, you, you know, you are. Well, I, I have to, uh, I've been doing some research on that and everything to see what different laws there is out there. I mean, and I know one thing, until my carrier that I work for would actually allow me to carry a gun with me, uh, you know, and I could also get a federal blanket permit that would cover every state. But uh, it's going to be difficult for me to make that happen. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where I, I've i been uh, doing a lot of research on it. I mean, I know a friend of mine who's been uh, trying to convince everybody to uh, go out and get uh, non-resident permits from different states that would reciprocate with other states to where uh, you would be able to become a nationwide. But don't, and then if you can't get that permit, don't go to those states. So it's like, well... Not all of us have that option to avoid going to certain states, especially if we're driving a company truck and not uh, working uh, working for ourselves as an owner operator. So there's every driver's going to be in a different situation with this. But I I would hope that if a company has uh, drivers that have uh, passed a good background check and they're stable mind and uh, everything else, they've gotten to know them where there's a certain element of trust there, that maybe they would allow their drivers to carry guns. After all, it's not only protecting. Uh, the life of the driver, it's also protecting their assets and their cargo that they have in that trailer, too. I mean, uh, I mean, if, if any, either one of you ever heard about the uh, the truck hijackings that were going on in Memphis a few years ago to where uh, whenever somebody wanted to be initiated into a gang, they actually had to go uh, into a truck that was parked at the fuel outlet while the driver was away from it, and if the door was unlocked, the guy would climb in the sleeper with his gun, and then when the driver came out, and got the driver's seat, they would pull the gun on the driver and tell him where to drive that truck to. And then once the driver got there, they would uh, shoot and kill him. You know, I mean, just uh, that went on a few years ago. 
and I'm not sure if it's still taking place or not, but it's just something to be concerned about. Well, it's a big thing because, I mean, uh, uh, crimes against truckers, cargo theft, I mean, the statistics are showing that uh, those types of crimes over the la- just over the last couple of years has increased by almost 600%, and the most dangerous states are California and Texas, obviously, right, right along down there through the border. Yeah, exactly. One thing I'm thinking, though, what would happen is, uh, I don't know, for one, we already have a lot of trucks out here that are equipped with uh, dash cams, and I think there's probably some awareness about that already, but, I mean, if uh, a lot of the people with ill intentions ever found out that more of us were carrying uh, guns in our trucks, I think the crime in the uh, truck stops and rest areas and anywhere else that we park at overnight, I think a lot of that would be on the de- uh, decline pretty quickly, especially if uh, they don't know which driver has the gun and which one doesn't. And, uh, you of know, course. You never know who's gonna, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was saying. I mean, people would think twice. I mean, that's why the crime rate has... Um, uh, I, and I know in 2008, uh, everybody was out buying... I mean, the, the permit went sky high for everybody running out to get a gun. I think people were afraid that the guns were going to, you know, maybe be taken away from them or something like that. But anyway, there was a direct correlation between uh, the increase in permits and the decrease in crime. So, yeah, it's a deterrent. People don't know who has one and who who doesn't. So, uh, absolutely. You know, and, and you know, Daniel uh, Daniel in the chat room brings up a good point. It reminds me of that that uh, uh, foolish comment on LinkedIn. You know about you know <laughs> drivers aren't smart enough. You know, but Daniel points out, you know, a, a good point. You know, the non-informed person, the number of drivers that are out there that are ex-military or ex-law enforcement, and there's a bunch of them, just like, you know, just like him. So, you know, again, it, it I focus more on the law-abiding citizens, and there's a lot of truckers out there, like Jeff said, that, uh, you, know, have, you know, have firearms just for sport and everything, so... And again, you have the FBI background checks. You have all the checks that you have to go through and everything. I mean, I think the petition on change.org is a good thing. I think it might be tough. In fact, I have, let's see, I have, uh, what was it that James Lamb, he's the one that uh, uh, started that thing, right? Yep. I have his comment here. He goes, uh, this is per James Lamb, who started the petition. He, he, he writes, once an American citizen leaves his state and engages in interstate commerce, his ability to carry a firearm and guard the shipment should be protected under federal law pursuant to the Interstate Commerce Clause and in the spirit of the Second Amendment. The Reserved Powers Clause, which gives the states the right to regulate guns carried within their state, should not apply because a firearm is carried through a state, not solely within a state. In essence, there should be a federal business carry permit issued by the ATF that supersedes and preempts states' laws and the right to regulate the carrying of guns. The state should not be allowed to interfere with interstate commerce in this manner. I believe such restrictions are unconstitutional. Uh, it goes on to say in the petition, um, and, and we're talking about now um, the Small Business and Transportation Coalition, um, it, it's it's calling on, we believe it's clear that Congress needs to take action. So here's his call to action. 
to enable American citizens to, to defend themselves while transporting goods, just what you said, Alan, across state lines. Such interference by certain states with interstate commerce is unlawful and unconstitutional under the American theory of federalism. And, and then he goes on to say at the end of the petition, the SBTC therefore calls on Congress to remedy the situation before more lives are lost by passing enabling legislation directing the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to develop and implement a federal concealed firearms business carry program. And I think that's the whole key, the federal concealed firearms business carry program that preempts states from regulating the carrying of firearms through states and their political uh, subdivisions. So uh, here, here's the case. It says federal concealed firearms business carry. And I would assume that means, you know, just because you have a CDL and then you go trotting through a state uh, other than your home state that is very strict and then you think you're going to pull out this well, I'm a CDL driver. That's not how it works. You would need to be, and I'm assuming this, but this is just you know common sense and logic, that you would actually have to be in transport of these goods to have that uh, valid. Otherwise, you still would be under, like everyone else, under the same state restrictions. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people want to read into this to mean something that it's it's not meant to. And one, one other thing I want to bring up, you know, if somebody's going to try to, you know, uh, harm someone, like you talk about hotheads and road rage and this and that, there's, I don't think if you're in a road rage, you necessarily would have to have a gun to kill somebody. I think people who really um, display strong characteristics of road rage, they'll actually just use their car or they'll pull somebody over on the side of the road and just grab a tire iron or something else, and they don't need a gun. When you're in a rage, you can, you can use anything. Uh, it doesn't have to be a gun. So I think these are extreme um, examples. So, uh, you know, I think people just need to read the petition, and if you feel strongly about not wanting to um, or feel you shouldn't have to in the position you are transporting goods across the United States, uh, be in a position where you have to be so, you know, uh, leery about all the state laws and, and that a federal law would would help you, then you need to sign that petition. And like I said, it's, you know, I'm, rather than give you this great big long link, just go to Ask the Trucker, click on Trucking News, and it'll be in a banner right on the right. And you can just click and sign on it over there. So. Yeah, some of the things you touch on is, uh, is, is you remember that movie, The Sixth Sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I call it the Sixth Sense Syndrome, where you can write about something, talk about something, but people will only see what they want to see. <laughs> so. And that's what it is. We're very um, narrow-minded sometimes. And sometimes we're all guilty of that, you know, we're so focused on what we're trying to achieve and and it's not a it's not really a good thing because you do need to you know open your mind to 
different versions or listen to people at least. And then once you listen to them, you know, then you just come back with whatever, you know, why you don't agree or something like that. It's called intelligent debate, you know. But you uh, you get some people who read things and they don't even read them. You know, they might read a few words in it and, and uh, before you know it, they, they think they understand the whole thing and they're writing a, a paragraph about, you know, how terrible this would be. And, and actually, though, I'm going to tell you, 70% or more, I'm being conservative saying 70%, but I'll, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt, 70% of the people that I have seen uh, comment about this are absolutely for it. And I, I think that's that's pretty high, actually. Well, yeah, you know. And let me ask you, Jeff. You might know. Uh, I mean, this is just a thought that came to me. Is um, I mean, even if you like, you're like, <laughs> you have a permit out of Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's about 16 states that that don't recognize your Texas permit. So, but. If you're traveling through one of those states, and I'm just saying you as generalization, any driver out there who has a legal state permit and is is passing through a state that that, that they know doesn't recognize that permit, they can you can still legally pass through that state as long as you follow the you know the 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 regulations and everything and the Peaceable Journey Act and all that stuff, you know, have the gun and ammunition separated in different compartments exactly out right. of your that's reach. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mention. I mean, you can do that, uh, but, you know, unfortunately, that you know, that gun's not ready to go if you need it if somebody's attacking you or something of that nature. I would rather be in the situation to where I can be in any, in any state at any time and if somebody has, uh, you know, is putting my life at risk or whatever, I have a right to take them out. I mean, it's just uh, something I want that gun to be available at all times. I mean, just like if you're, uh, like, say, for example, if you were to be, go- uh, to be gone and Donna was living by herself, you know, after you were, you know, as a widow, after you uh, passed on, uh, she would probably want to have a gun or nightstand at all times, too, which is uh, obvious. I'm, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that would probably be something that she would want to do. She'd want to be trained on how to use that gun and, uh, only, but then, of course, uh, somebody with a stable mind, regardless of they're at home or in a truck, they're going to actually uh, only pull that gun whenever they sense there's an absolute need for it. They're not going to just, uh, like, say if you had two truck drivers that are having a CD Rambo conversation on the radio on the road, and the one of them waves the gun at the uh, driver in the other truck or something, you know, if that, if a driver pulls that gun out, you know, while he's having the conversation when the other truck is passing him, then uh, that driver that uh, engaged in that conversation in the first place evidently just shouldn't even be having that gun. Well, that's just the thing, you know. It, it's it, it it I I do believe that should this ever go through, and you know I'm optimistic that you know it will catch on. I, I do believe there's going to be you know, stricter than even the states are giving to to take that. to get it. I would think it's going to be an additional permit. In other words, you can still keep your, your state one and maybe not apply for the federal, uh, but I, I would think it's going to be pretty strict. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, oh yeah. Go I, ahead, Jeff. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, I think it's uh, they should be very careful about who they issue these permits to and whatnot. I mean, uh, I mean, there is a number of drivers there that do have a, uh, a troubled past and everything. They have a uh, criminal record that may uh, reflect that. 
So, uh, yeah, obviously those people I'd be a little concerned about, but I know people that are ex-military and things of that nature, usually they're, uh, most, for the most part, they're a pretty stable mind. I would feel more comfortable being around one of those guys that had a gun because they would uh, know when the time was right to pull it out and when not. And of course, uh, most people are not going to brandish their guns just to show them off or anything either. You won't even know they have them until you do something, uh, you know, with ill intentions. And at that point, they might pull it out and be ready to blow your ass away if you make an attempt on them. Sure. Well, you know, that's just it. When you said, you know, ex-cons and this and that, you can't get a gun. Uh, if if you are, I mean legally, <laughs> legally, right, legally, and that's what we're talking about now because you know that's what we want to we want to give guns to um, the good guys and the bad guys who have them to protect yourself from those, but they they can't get them, you know. I mean, there's a whole list, and of course, I know each state is different, but pretty much down the line. Uh, I think there's a, a list of uh, a criteria that you have to meet well, in order me, to me, be able to get it. Donna. Let me let me sure. you something. They can't they can't legally obtain those guns. I mean, unfortunately, there's a black market out there to where these people will buy those guns for cash, and and uh, they can't be traced or anything. So uh, once gun laws are passed, uh, you know you got to remember criminals don't follow laws when it comes to get, obtaining guns. You know, oh, so absolutely. That, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's what I mean. I mean. They, they, I'm they, talking they about... To, yeah, they wouldn't yeah. be able to legally obtain those weapons. I mean, so we just got to make sure we uh, understand the difference on that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but that's what I'm saying when people get nervous about and they, they, they say, well, you know, uh, well, you know, you'll have all these criminals. You make the laws, you know, concealed weapon, federal law. No, 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 no. They're very strict on on who can who who qualifies to get a permit. So, uh, I mean, some some states don't. Like we mentioned that earlier, when you don't even need a, a permit. But um, you know, usually the the states, most of the states do have some kind of criteria that you do have to meet. Oh yeah, and they have mm-hmm. to. Let's uh. Let's grab Texas uh, area code nine zero three. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening, Donna. Yes. Hey, you. Jeff, How are you? Jeff, just I'm great, thank you. Jeff just blew my thunder. You know, uh, yeah, they're they're very strict about us being permitted, but it doesn't stop the criminal element, even with the legalizing um, alcohol. Uh, they're still moonshiners. You're never going to take the total criminal element out. They just they That's don't, right. They don't live by the law. That's why they're that's called right. criminals. And that's why the law-abiding people have to protect themselves. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, these people in gangs would not be nearly as brave, first and foremost, to take any one of those gangbangers alone, and he's not brave anyway. But when they know that there's the potential that they can come against somebody else that's armed just as well as they are, they're going to think twice because they don't want to die. And look at that town in Georgia where the law is that every home has to have a a gun, and they don't have any murders. Right, right. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, when people know, they're they're pretty careful on... On, uh, on where they're going to go. By the way, for everybody listening, I, this is Sandy Talbot over at Real Women in Trucking, just so so I get that in there. Okay, Sandy. 
Thank you. And I'm in. I'm down here in Houston, Texas, and my kids have been after me forever to get concealed carry. And since I work primarily in Texas, but I just haven't ever really felt the need for it. But things are getting bad. I'm really lending consideration toward it. Well, if you're a woman hey. that travels by themselves, I would encourage you to uh, do uh, do do what you can to try to at least uh, carry some form of protection, even if you uh, can't get a gun. Make sure you have mace with you. If you have a dog with you, that probably would help you too. That way, uh, you know, because people tend to fear a dog quite a bit more than you realize. Not mine. He's just a little old rag nothing. <laughs> get, get, you, get, you, get, you, get you a wiener dog. They're a lot meaner than what they look, trust me. Yes, I, I agree. I do understand. But, uh, yeah, it it is. It, it's really bad. And, you know, I think we showed in the survey some of these port areas are, you know, the, the cities with the big ports. And so Sandy's talking about the truck driver uh, parking survey that was on the show last week, just for everybody. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. But um, I, I really do believe that, that it is important. Uh, of course, in the past I have worked for the government and where we had – where we had to carry a gun, and the company rules were you couldn't keep the gun and the shells in the same place in the truck. And I said to the safety director, I said, what good is that gun going to do me when my husband is inside eating and I'm guarding the load, and these two big burly men walk up to my truck? He said, honey, that's when you tell, you just throw up your hands and say, please don't shoot, just let me run away. I thought, well, what good is a gun? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's ridiculous, and that's um, that's what gets me about you know the, the acts like the peaceable journey, and the FOPA, and I mean really what what as Sandy said what what good is it? I mean if if the firearm is in the glove box and and the ammunition is way back in the bunk and you can't reach either one of them, I mean you you really have no protection at all. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, defeats purpose of being able to legally carry in that instance. Well, I would think that you know, if you're driving the truck, right, you could probably get away with that and feel pretty confident because you're 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 in movement and on your on the way. And this way, you know, if you do get stopped, um, and then when you stop to sleep, you know, uh, I guess that's when you really need the protection tell me if i'm wrong you know correct me any time but i would think that is when you're at the height of needing protection uh when you're most vulnerable like that and uh then you can you know put it all together and and take your chances and i i have a feeling that that's what a lot of drivers do oh, way, sure more it is. way more than you would realize yeah, I, and you know what? And I hope they are. That's that's how I feel. I hope they are. Right. And, now, you know. the other thing, when you were all talking about the wasp spray, we have yeah. to be extremely cautious because if you tell people that you're carrying that wasp spray for protection and you you have you come to the point to have to use it, the the victim that you use it on 
can turn around and sue you if he can prove that you said that you carried it for that because that makes it premeditated. Okay, well, yeah, but, I mean, unless you're recording it, you know, who's who's going to say? Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It would have to be pretty tough to prove, I think. Huh? Well, you never know. You never right. know. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of issues. I mean, these attorneys can turn it around and make the criminal the victim. I mean, we know that happens all the time. All the time. And as I mentioned earlier about the wash spray, there's, there's a lot of jurisdictions that, that con- consider that a... Uh, a federal crime, so you just have to be careful on, you know, on what you, uh, you know, what you use, and just read up about it. You know, make sure it is legal. But hey, I'll keep y'all's lines open. Let's go to area code seven hundred one in North uh, North Dakota. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alan. Hey, Donna. Hey. hey Who is hello, this? My dear. How you doing? Oh, is this that boy? You sound like you just got up. I did. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I didn't even recognize your voice. She she fell she fell asleep because I was on the air and I probably bored to death, right? <laughs> no, I fell asleep. Um I just had a couple of points. First of all, I have been out here fifteen plus years and either through sheer luck or intelligence I have never put myself into a position where I would need to use a weapon. Not once. Um, do I go right. into bad areas? Yeah. I've been to Miami, Tampa, Atlanta, L.A. I've been I've been everywhere except for the state of Maine, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. But it's also a matter of choosing your battles. I don't choose exactly. to go into an area and park, first of all, where I shouldn't. And second of all, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to park illegally like in an abandoned gas station or an abandoned parking lot. I don't do that. So So if you were in a position, let me ask you, if you were in a position to go over HOS, you would pick going over rather than... I would um, hours of service rather than having a weapon in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Okay. Okay. And, you know, I wouldn't care. I would not care. I would hope never to put myself in that position, and luckily I never have. Right. So I've been very fortunate. But the one thing I don't understand, there's things about this that I agree with, because I do know there are people that go into certain areas where it is very dangerous, and I get that. But I also worry about the yahoos that are going to get the weapons. You know, it's bad enough i got to worry about John Q. Public, but now I have to worry about truck stops? Yeah, there might be people carrying already, but you get people that get angry at truck stops and they want to get out and they want to start fighting. Well, now they're just going to pull a gun and start shooting. Well, well, here's the thing, and we, we, were, we brought this up earlier. I don't think the, the, the petition means that after you graduate and get your CDL, you're handed a diploma and a gun. I think what it what it's really saying is, you know, if you if you have uh, a permit already and it's from your home state, then I I think, you know, and I, I don't see any details spelled out, but in my mind I'm thinking that then you could apply for this federal one. See, and then I that agree. Would, and then I agree. But there was that, some that you, lady that commented already on your post that said there's a lot of drivers out here carrying already. 
You know, that right. just really shook me up. Right. You know, I'm like, I, I, you, I didn't think that. That's what I mean. You know, you were you weren't you weren't on when when Alan was saying people people don't you know don't really read it they they just think what you know they they want to think and that unfortunately you read that comment of some woman who just you know just made up something you know because she assumed too much but the way we see it and the way it's written is that if you meet the criteria already. And this would be a business, um, I forgot how it's... A business uh, carry permit. A business carry permit. And, and you would obviously have to go through background checks and everything right. else and stuff. Yeah, it's... it's see, and it's, then that it's doesn't just, bother me. That doesn't bother me right. at all that. It's just It's a not a free-for-all. I know, but it's just a thought of what she says. And then mm-hmm. I just, I, it's like one of those things that you try hard not to think about. She goes, there's a lot of us out who are carrying already. And I'm like going, oh, I didn't need to know that. It's common knowledge. I mean, I know a lot of people that carry already. Sure they do. Sure they, they're not going to say they do because, uh, you know, maybe their company doesn't allow it. And so they're, they're just going to, you know, keep quiet about it. But I would say there's a lot more than than people know that do and 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 how many times have 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 they um deterred some kind of tragic ending by just you know maybe like this other driver that wrote said showed his gun and everybody started scrambling yeah and it's it's just a, a matter of like i said earlier just a matter of personal choice you know like deb may not want to do it you know sandy hasn't had a need for it but now she's uh you know, now she's thinking about it. It's just a personal choice, and I'm kind of like Deb. You know, I was out there for a lot of years, and I just, I, I didn't put, I wouldn't put myself in a situation that was caused there trouble. Although I did get, ca- although I did get caught a couple times where I wished I'd had one, but I made it out okay. But um, you know, Sandy, it's kind of like you're saying, it's a personal choice, and now you're considering it. Uh, Deb may not want to, but you may want to. It's all, it's all an individual choice. Well, I think some of it also has to do with the type of product you're carrying. When you have a product that is, and it's getting worse with food products, and because of what I haul, um, there's there's been some jacking of it. And, you know, my kids, every time they hear about anything like that in the news, they just go crazy because they know uh, my legs are too short to carry me fast enough to get away from anything like that and so they they've been real vehement about it and i'm i'm like deb i you know i work really really hard and i will be the first to admit that i have situations where i have i have the hours of service strictly because of the fact that where i have to deliver there is no safe parking Right. Yeah, a lot of it has to do where where does that driver operate? I mean, if you're running along the borders of Texas and Arizona and California, dangerous, dangerous areas. You know, all this stuff has to be considered. I guess you know you have to consider where where you run and how often you run through it. I don't know. Right. I've been running South Texas just for the past about three weeks. Hasn't been that big of a problem. I know where to park. Uh, well, I ran it for, uh, I can't even count how many years I ran it, and I had a lot of problems. So, you know, I, I guess it just all depends. 
Yeah, well, I guess I haven't been going all the way down to Laredo. So I've been about 50 miles out, or 60 miles out, but I've been in that general area between Houston, San Antonio, and then down south there, and I had even parking over in Houston, you know, I knew where to park. I knew where it was safe for me to park. And, yeah, well, that's the key, know, I, you know, knowing. Yeah, and I think that's got a lot to do with this, too. And I do know that I had heard a long time ago that when you carry, like, government shipments and stuff, that you, you have to have a gun with you. It's a requirement. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, and I kind of figured that part out. But as far as I'm concerned, if you want my load, if you want it that bad, it's all yours. You can have it. You can have yeah, a truck. Really? I'll walk away. Really? I don't oh, definitely. Care. <laughs> oh. Well, but I, well, I would like to reiterate that in Jason's case, I have delivered to the very same receiver that Jason delivered to. I have too, as well. That particular receiver is way out in the middle of nowhere with two lane roads, narrow two lane roads to get to it. Now, I've been there in a number of years. But back before Jason was killed, I delivered in there. And that was definitely, I mean, it, it, that was, he was a, a victim of horrible circumstances. But I know what that receiver, where it was located, and it was extremely difficult to find any place to park down there. Well, nowadays they, right. have a super, they do have a Super 8 not far away from there that has truck parking. I had delivered there one morning and... Uh, Okay. So not knowing if there was a parking available immediately nearby, I went ahead and got a room at the Super 8 and uh, right. got myself mm-hmm. a shower and all that other stuff, and then I went in there and made my delivery the next morning. But uh, I realized that not everybody may have the money to uh, get a hotel room out here, but still, um, yeah, there's not really any uh, immediately available parking. But one thing, I mean, uh, not I don't mean any disrespect towards the Rodenbergs or anybody else that may have been a victim of similar circumstances, but... Uh, uh, it's common knowledge, here that grocery warehouses are pretty firm on their appointments. And uh, yes. if you uh, try to go in there a day ahead of time to make a delivery, it, it's yes. more lucky you get turned away. You might as well just uh, find somewhere to park the day before and then go in there before your appointment time the next day instead of attempting to make a delivery than being forced to park in a bad situation. So uh, it's all this about how to, how to plan your trip. Well, well you know, now, now that – go ahead. Some of the places that I deliver to do not have ample parking. The one down in the Houston area, we park on the shoulder of the road. And I can't sleep parked on the shoulder of that ramp no. when there's traffic moving. It scares me to death. And well, yeah. But there's no place else to park. There's a little bitty truck stop that holds maybe... 30 trucks, and the first thing they tell you when you go in and check in is go to the truck stop and park. They take your phone number. They'll call you when they're ready for you. Well, there isn't any parking in the truck stop. It's right. there's it, and it's in a high traffic area. It's not off. You know, it's right next to the highway. It's it's a very dangerous place. Then why go? Well, you know. Yeah, there you go. Well, I was going to say, is that that uh, truck stop that's down off the uh, 225 down there in Pasadena? Is that the one you're referring to? Uh, the one at Laporte. Yes. That's well, it. I think it's pretty close that's to it. Laporte. It, it, yeah, that place you almost yeah. can't get parking in there. So it's one of those things where they should have a sense where you can park elsewhere. They can give you a call about 30 or 45 minutes before they want yeah. you. You can travel from Baytown down to Laporte. Yeah, Baytown isn't that far away. 
No. Well, you know, now that now that we're kind of on on the subject of the truck parking, um, I'd like to lead into this. It was going to be part of the announcement, but since we're right on it, um, and we're talking about shippers and receivers and all like that, um, Sandy, you were on uh, the show when we talked about truck parking, and we had uh, David Clark and uh, Ashley Beglin on, right? I don't know if uh, Deb and uh, Jeff were on it, but it was brought up, and they strongly brought it up both of them and that's you know the widow ashley and david uh, how they were very upset that um that uh michael wasn't allowed to park on the premises and it led into the results of the 2013 truck parking survey and of course desiree was on the show and she went over a lot of it but there are many that are not allowed to park on the premises now we did bring up that many drivers are disrespectful of the properties, and that's one of the reasons they're not. And and we're not going to deny that because we've all witnessed that, um, all of us. I mean, I had to witness it not too long ago, and, and I was really disgusted by it. You know, with that being said, it was also brought up on the show. There are ways around that also, and it's called security cameras. So um, there's a way to get around that. Well... The other thing that was brought up during that show was uh, DOT waking up drivers. You remember that, Sandy? I sure do. Uh, okay. And this, yes, and and that's something that you know I was surprised to hear. Okay. Um, Alan said that he had uh, witnessed it himself at a rest area a long time ago, but uh, th- this is this is a problem. Not just DOT, but. Um, uh, law enforcement, and which, which we're going to have a sh- uh, excuse me. Scale masters. Yeah, I mean what just scales, different people. So, which scales are doing that? Okay, well, um, from what the show said, and Sandy, jump in here and help me if I'm if I say it wrong, but they're setting up at rest areas, waking drivers up and telling them to. Uh, they have to move on uh, yes. because they're setting up a scale, right? Is that what was said? Yes. yes. Okay. Ma'am. Which, which. That doesn't make it, any sense. Okay. It doesn't make but, any sense at all. And everything else suggests, too, is if, uh, if you have a dash cam in your truck that records uh, audio and video, put stickers on yeah. the side that say audio, video recording in progress. And let me tell you, that might be a good visual to turn to where the DOT officers be less likely to want to do that because if they're being filmed waking a driver up during the night and also the audio is being recorded, that can uh, put the officer in trouble. Well, um, you know, it's I funny. Need I, I need to say something here. To me, not, that doesn't make any sense. Why would a DOT officer who is in it, all about compliance wake you up to make you go out of compliance to move? See, I am sorry, but unless I see it with my own eyes, I am never going to believe that. Well, uh, it was you know, in a lot of the comments. Well, I mean, it's, ha- it's happened issue? to me. It's, it's happened to me. Yeah, it's happened to me. I can. Well, I mean, I've I've been off the road OTR for six years, but I mean, I I can I can remember at least three times it happened. I, I'm sleeping in a rest area. I'm on my break, 
and they start coming in there with those flat beds with the scales and everything, and they're sitting up a mobile scale in, in the rest area, and they, they're knocking on your doors telling you that you have to leave because they've got to get the flat beds in. I mean, it's happened to me. So I don't know how often it's happening now, and I had even forgotten about it until the survey brought it up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it has happened. We're going to have uh, – you brought up about the video camera, Jeff. We're, yes. Next week is going to be a, a great show because we're going to have Kenny Capel. And, oh, we uh, are? Yeah, Kenny. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it. I'm, I just, le- I'm, yeah. learning about my, I'm learning about my next show next well, week. Well, we, we, it's because I just, I just talked to the guy and, and we didn't get a chance. You know, I, I, I joke around, me, me and Alan, how, you know how the president gets their briefings? Well, I have to give Alan the briefings when he's away. And uh, so I didn't give him this briefing yet. So anyway, um, we're going to have uh, Kenny, Kenny Capel and Martin on the show, and actually they do have uh, videotape of, uh, of, of officers waking the driver up. The, the, what do you call it? The, um, when the one's in the sleeper berth, the team driver? Yeah. And uh, it's really quite good. I think I think we'll we'll post it. In fact, I can tell you the last time it happened. It happened in '06 when I was driving for a Heartland Express, and they yeah. they brought in a mobile they brought in a mobile scale at the rest area I was in, and and they went around banging on all the doors and and uh, said we're setting up a mobile scale. You got to move. So yeah, I remember it was '06 with Heartland Express. That was the last 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 time, and I can remember. Two or three other times that it happened over the course of the years, so I don't know how often it happens, but it does happen. Well, I what, remember what hearing I, about it in Pennsylvania. Uh huh. But, but uh, when it yeah. came when it came up on the show, I mean, a lot of people were really, you know, pretty upset. And I know Alan; it brought back his memories, and he got upset on the show. I remember listening. And anyway. Um, I guess, again, this small business, the, the people who, uh, James Lamb, who has started this petition with the guns, well, he got involved with this, and they want to get into this whole thing between the shippers and the receivers and law enforcement and actually set up this community-oriented approach that I it's like called. That. To, yeah, to, to end the... Um, one, the confronting driver harassment, and there's actually a link on their site if this has ever happened to anybody. It's called the sleep interference complaints. So if this has happened to you, uh, you can just go to www.smalltransportation.org and go on the I site. I about that. Did they mean um, any time in the past or were they talking about currently? Well, I don't. I'm, I'm not really sure, but um, it might be in the past. I guess you know, if, if it is something in the past that they could have more um, evidence with whatever their, you know, the path they're going to take to to achieve some kind of action, then that would be good too. Um, but along with that, they're bringing in shippers and receivers to try to, even though there's no law, you can't make people do anything. I mean, they're, that's a, a, a company, and, and if they don't want people in there. However, with this community-oriented approach, uh, they're trying to really address the problems, you know, in a, in a peaceful way. And police officers um, are familiar with the concept of community-oriented policing, which is 
been around now for uh, quite some time, according to the U.S. Department of Justice. So um, you might want to check out this site. It looks like a lot of uh, proactive to address these truck parking issues, safety, shippers, receivers, DOT, law enforcement, the whole nine yards. But I think it's going to take, um, you know, everybody's uh, joining together to be a part of this. And because this is relatively new now, I mean, this, this concept was just introduced a week or so ago after the show. And I, I do believe that the show we had brought about this kind of um, interest in, in conviction to do something about it. And I, I do believe that the SBTC is also currently working with the FMCSA and the FHWA to, to, to uh, increase the safe truck parking in all the states and uh, to help with the financial improvements according to Jason's law in MAP 21. So, I mean, th- this, is a, this is very, you know, what would you call it, inspiring that something like this is being done and um, we can't wait to talk more about it. But I think, I think what we need to do is maybe just share this information around a little bit. So uh, we'll see how many people do fill out that, how many, you know, especially to the people who actually took the parking survey and who confirmed that this was happening to them. Uh, you know, they might want to sign this and and put where it happened to them and and give an example of that. So I don't know if if you guys have a database, Sandy, of the people who actually were victims of this type of thing, and I'm talking about now being woken up. But, you know, if an email can be sent out to them with a link to say, hey, you know, do you mind confirming this on this site? It, it it might help help the whole movement go further, and I think that's what it's all about. Well, okay, listen, uh, <clears throat> time's winding down here. Got time for one more caller. Let's pick up uh, Michigan, area code 1810. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, bud? Hey. I'm good. Who's this? This is Walt, you do for Yeah, when I filled out that... Uh, which we call their uh, petition. It seemed like I got an email coming back to me saying that they they passed it, or I didn't get into this call until like here just a few minutes ago. Okay. What? What? Now, what? What do you? What? What are you talking about? What? Put your name about in there. About being able to carry uh, concealed weapons with us in the truck. The yeah, the petition for a business carry permit. Right. Okay, so so you you signed the petition and then what happened? Well, I signed it and then I got this email coming back to me saying it's like it's passed. It passed. That's um, I don't know email. because I'm watching I'm watching the numbers go up. Yeah, I didn't know if I was yeah. reading it or what. Yeah, I can't. Uh, well, there wouldn't be anything passed yet. They're just they're just building uh, signatures, right, Don? Yeah. As a matter of fact, so. since we've been on the show, I've seen three more signatures go on it. So I don't. It it says it needs another two hundred and eighty-four. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it's saying right now. So um, I don't know what what kind of email you got. Did you did you sign the right petition here? I'm going to copy and paste this yeah. and put it yeah, in it's your. The same, it's the same petition. I'm pretty sure of. Yeah, the SBTC. I, 
I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that email meant, but no, nothing, nothing's passed. They're collecting, uh, they're collecting signatures, and I mean, if there's a contact, I don't know if there's a contact form on that thing or not, but I mean, you you could look and see, and if contact them and ask them, you know, hey, what, what does this email mean? But right, I don't right. think it, I don't think anything's passed yet because they're uh, they're just they're just uh, accumulating signatures. Okay, now is this something that say it does get passed or whatever? Is it something that? the company can still say that, hey, you know, we don't want you to have one with you. Yeah, the company can still do that. I mean, I would assume. They can still do that? I would assume, yeah, a company, uh, company can set their own policy and regulations, and it's a freedom of choice. You can choose to keep working for them or find, find another job, I guess. But I, I, I can't imagine, Donna, even if that is, uh, I mean, it's not a federal law or nothing like that. It's just it's just allowing uh, a business carry permit for truckers in interstate commerce. But a company could still say, well, you know, company policy: we don't allow guns in trucks. Yeah, so they could still do that. I'm sure. Yeah, right, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure too. Basically, yeah. the way yeah, it is, I, I know. You know. Yeah, because I got. Go ahead. I stopped there at the scale house one time here in Michigan. You know. And there was always a question, you know, some people say you can, some people say you couldn't. Well, I, I do have my CCW permit or whatever. And um, so I asked the state trooper what the regulations were about it, you know, and he says, you are allowed to carry as long as the company authorizes you to, but still, once you leave the state, you have to abide by other rules, like Chicago, you can't carry concealed. You know, in parts of New York, I guess you can't. Right. Right. That's what and, we were talking about before. Uh-huh. Yeah, the rest of property Canada laws. Quite a bit, and I guess you can carry it through Canada, but it's a lot of hassle to be able to carry it through Canada. So I didn't like, even know you could so carry like, a gun into Canada. Yeah, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of hassle, but you can, I mean... I figure all these guys go over here from Michigan or whatever, go up there to Canada to go hunting and stuff like that. But they yeah, gotta well, that's take a true. look at your gun and you gotta they gotta take a look at your ammo when you leave. You gotta have the right amount of ammo or whatever, you know. Or explain right. where you went to. Well, it's all a matter of knowing, you know, knowing the laws and uh, rules and of the jurisdiction and states you're traveling through, and I mean, it can be a headache, you know. That, but, that's what the whole petition's for, so you don't have to yeah. uh, worry about all the different state laws. The way it stands now. The way it, yeah, the way it is now. Yeah. That, that's what it, what it's for. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll try to get as many signatures, and like I tell people, um, you know, just keep sharing it. Because that's really how how something's going to happen if if more people know about it. And the key thing is awareness, and and that's what it is for everything, awareness. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they're discussing about it. It's it's gone through Congress twice and failed, but you know, a lot more awareness about it. People working on it now. Who knows? You know, we'll just see. But hey, our time's winding down. We'll have to take a quick break, and we'll come back. Donnie, you have some more announcements? I have a few more announcements. Okay, yes. quick break, and we'll be back to wrap up this broadcast. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Heads up! 
truckers? Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truck TruckerLawyers.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, Donna. What's up? Oh, you're on mute. <laughs> Okay, I'm back, everybody. Um, as we discussed, you know, we, we did have that truck parking show with David Clark and Ashley Boglin, and um, we did talk about the uh, funding that's going on for them. I just want to go over that. Um, if you would like to uh, help help Ashley and uh, her unborn child, which she is due, I believe, well, I, I shouldn't say when. I, I thought it was November, but... I could be wrong, but the point is um, she is pregnant and uh, her husband was murdered and there is a fund. You can just type in uh, GoFundMe and then Michael Beglin, which is B-O-E-G-L-I-N. Now, uh, another way you can help with the funding is the German-American Bank, which Ashley announced on our show and that number is 812-367-2288. And that's if you want to uh, help her through the donation there. And like I said, she did announce that on the show. Now, the third way you can uh, get involved for that is to go to the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. That's the SBTC we were talking about tonight. And just go to their website and I do believe his hardly hear you. his funding is on there also. So that's um, smalltransportation.org. Uh, I just want to make sure I got that, that right. Okay, yes. So those are the three ways you can help uh, Ashley Beglin. That's the widow of uh, Michael Beglin. Um, next thing I want to discuss, it's uh, GATS time. 
and they have uh, Rick Ash uh, is uh, making it happen with the blood drive and the work for the life and the uh, the rest of the um, trucking solutions group over there and they're every year at the Great American Truck Show. They were there at uh, the Mid American Truck Show, but this year, August 21st to the 23rd. Uh, at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center, which was formerly the Dallas Convention Center. Uh, they're going to be there in booth number 5057 on all three days, and they're doing their uh, annual blood drive in partnership with the American Red Cross. And they're also going to be doing their annual health awareness walk on Saturday morning at 9 a.m., so you do want to stop by at uh, booth number 5057. Now, this year is something even uh, – we talk about awareness, and this is something that needs a lot of awareness. It's the bone marrow donors are needed, and they are desperately needed, uh, to help save the lives of those suffering from leukemia and other blood cancers. And I don't b- believe uh, most of the population isn't aware that they can be a bone marrow donor or a blood donor to help uh, children and adults with blood cancer. So if you want to be a part of this group, and it's it's in, in coordination with the Making It Happen USA, which is a bone marrow donor registry organization, uh, they will show you what to do, and it's so easy. All you have to do is a mouth swab and uh, read about, uh, get some literature, read about it, and you will be in the database for either bone marrow or, um, or blood, which is stem cell, which is actually, you know, the process of taking your blood, and either one of those. If you do want to register and be a donor and become part of the database, uh, please go to, um, let's see, booth number Five zero five seven over at uh, Gats in August. Now, if you still want to do it and you're not going to Gats, you can uh, look up Tom Kirk, who is part of the Trucking Solutions Group, and his address, um, email address, is roadtestedliving at gmail dot com. So, and then you can get your free kit sent to your home. And like I said, it's just a mouth swab, and then you can uh, send it back. Another uh, exciting event that's happening three weeks after GATS is the Industry at Sea Cruise, and that's hosted by the Small Business and Transportation Coalition. And this will be its second year. Alan and I are going to be on this cruise, and it's uh, working to bring uh, professionals from all areas, including professional truck drivers, property brokers, freight forwarders, shippers, agents, motor carriers, you know, everybody within the industry together to discuss uh, various uh, problems or issues within the industry. There is no conference fee, and uh, I'll tell you what, it's right now it's only 329 per person. So if you're interested, for more information, you can call 954 or just go to industryatsea.com. Now, we are going to attempt a live broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live uh, and or a video broadcast, depending on how the Wi-Fi is out on the uh, open waters, because this is kind of new territory. And um, 
the sponsor for that is going to be um, www.freightbonds.com, which is Liberty National Financial Corp. And if you're wondering who is Liberty National Financial Corp., Liberty National is a financial uh, choice for your BMC 85. And I know everybody's wondering, well, what in the world is a BMC 85? And uh, a BMC 85 is the name uh, of a $75,000 trust fund agreement and a letter of credit of a combination approved by the FMCSA. And so what's the purpose? Okay, why do I need this BMC 85? Well, it provides a 75000 trust fund or letter uh, for a carrier if they fail to pay for a regulated load. And that is that um, 75000 bond that went through, as everybody knows. So, again, that's the Industry of Sea. It's going on September 12th through the uh, 15th. It's going to the Bahamas in Nassau. And if you're interested, we'd we'd love to meet you there. Uh, just give give them a call, let them know you're interested, and the number is nine five four two five three five zero four nine. Or just go to industryatc.com and take a look at the website and see. But we're kind of looking forward to this live radio broadcast out there. I think it's going to be fun. If it if it doesn't work, we're going to have a video anyway. So uh, you know, we'll just experiment with it all. And like I said, next week uh, we're having Kenny Capel and Martin Hill on. And uh, again, uh, it's going to be in that same discussion about being woken up uh, and, while you're in your sleeper birth. And they do have some video uh, on that. So I think I have, I even have the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to see if I have the website for that. Uh, I'm not prepared for this right now. Okay, I don't have it, but if you just Google Martin Hill uh, Liberty, uh, you'll come to the website and you can see some of these videos. But he's going to be on next week, so that's I'm pretty excited about that show. Uh, Kenny's actually going to court on the 11th, so he's going to talk a little bit about that and where he stands with this uh, whole situation about being woken up. So the the talk continues. Okay. Oh, oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. I guess I should have. Boy, you just you just shut it down right there. I know. I just abruptly let it go. All right. So, what's the name of the, that website again? Or did you say you had? Well, it? you know. Uh, let's see. Just give me. I'm. I'm. Don't wake me up. Dot org or something like that. I. I think that's it. You're, well, you see, you're the one who was talking to him, so you yeah. know all the well, details. Well, I, I don't have it all in front of me, but it's just... Uh, I think that's it. I'm going to try you know, it right now. We've been chatting back and forth and everything, and I think it's don'twakemeup.org. Yeah, I'm going to check it out But I'm right just kind of going online. on memory. I don't have it on me right now. And uh, she's going to check it, but they'll be on the show next week and stuff. I'll have to get that up and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great show. Yeah. Um, to have both of them on together. At first, Kenny was only going to be be on, but uh, uh, Martin's coming on too, and he's the one with the website. So we're going to have a lot of good information on that show. Was that it? Did you find it? Well, you know me. Uh, <laughs> you know me here. Let me look here. There it is. Uh, don't don't wake me up. Dot org. Okay. Okay. So that's it. So. All right, we'll have them for next week. We'll look forward to that. So, 
All right, sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Appreciate your calls, those in the chat room, and be sure to be sure to uh, bookmark us and add us to your favorites. Catch us on Facebook under Ask the Trucker on Twitter at Ask the Trucker, and join us on our blog at AskTheTrucker.com. So that'll do it for now. Until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, AskTheTrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. Driving these rigs since 79 Never got a ticket, never crossed the line Dinner's on the table, but it's gonna get cold Gotta get going, I've got freight too low Well, I was running through Atlanta doing 58 A four-wheeler cut me off, so I slammed my brakes Well, the truck went left, but the trailer threw right and I saw my life flash before my eyes I'm just trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the The trucking brand Fighting the wheel And the next thing I know I hit the sidewalk And over I go Falling so fast I had no time to scream Burning hot metal Flying all around me Well I laid there for a minute Living out of my head Not knowing if I was alive or dead Highway Patrol said Let me give you a hand and he laughed and said, son, you better check your pants I'm just trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking brand at me and my burning rig checked out the damage that was done to the bridge feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head barely heard the words that officer said ten thousand dollar fine and your cdl is gone better call your mama to come take you home three million miles and never a glitch the four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist I'm trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord, have mercy on the, the trucking
the trucking brand.